Yo, 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 yo. Whether you're wearing pants or not, welcome to No Pants Required. I'm your host, X3C, and thanks for joining. Lucky number 47. New episode, The New Money in College Sports. But before we jump into the topic today and introduce the guests for today to have this discussion, I do want to talk about something that's really endeared to my heart, and that is both Serena Williams and tennis. Um, I had a friend who actually makes jokes all the time um, about random damn things. And I don't think people really fully understand the magnitude of how much the Williams sisters have contributed to the growth of the sport of tennis and to changing the style of how people play tennis and influencing traditionally non-whites playing tennis because usually tennis was a white considered a white sport air quote because that's usually those who can afford uh, to go to those tennis clubs so on and so forth right and so in a journey to evolve as Serena Williams called it she doesn't like to call it retirement and um, the buddy made the comment um, that I was an Oreo <laughs> you know I'm I guess black on the outside white on the inside that's far from the damn truth I don't know how someone could think that um but this individual believed that you know tennis has not changed and that's why you know I think folks don't pay attention you know folks get into their cocoons and their own little worlds and they only know what they've always seen or what they was taught as a kid I mean tennis is completely different it is well diverse with all type of everything yep now as opposed to what it was and if you just open your eyes you will see <laughs> the greatness of it all right you know i play tennis at least once a week with today's you know loser not, not the past week though i came down with some kind of sickness so i sort of missed out on the our little weekly tennis yeah i think it was an excuse to do something, <laughs> to do something else but you know i really find it fascinating that I want, you know, I would say both Serena and Venus Williams, how they were able to usher in a different era of the sport, right? The power game, the precision game, the toughness, the, the, the you know, all of that, you know, helped transform the game. And now all of the players come out with power. As you can see, if you watched her last match, they were going toe to toe. Granted, Serena was almost like 20 years old in the well, no, maybe 12 years older than her opponent. But um, it was definitely, you know, I enjoy just the transformation and how those two help usher in a new and influence the uh, the growth of the sport, in my opinion, of tennis. And you can just literally listen to any of the current tennis players right now. Right now, just type in. Any tennis player, you could just, I don't know, ranking 1 through 10, 20, whatever, on men's and women's side, and all of them would talk, talk to, uh, or say something about Serena Williams influencing them when they were kids. All right, so that's the quickie for today, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and others. You heard the guy's voice. But you don't know who it is. Yes, you do. You guys know who it is. <laughs> you know who that is, right? 
Yes. It's Jimmy Ha returning back to No Pants Required. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be back. Yes. See, so um, just just a little audio announcement for you guys. Uh, he's sitting here in his, is that a KN95? KN95. Yeah, KN95 KN uh, mask on, thankfully, because I don't want whatever he have. <laughs> Um, but he is a sport and willing to tough it out and complete this episode. The reason why, because it was his idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna try. I was. Well, I was trying to have you reschedule, but I was like, you know what? Let's let's get the show must go on. The show must go on. Not only is that, this is the first weekend of college football, and it's, this topic is all of, well, not all about college football, but mostly it is, right? So we talk about the new money in college sports, it's usually football, right? That's the moneymaker for most athletic programs in the United States. And, you know, some schools don't utilize it as much, but like even think about some schools who are not like big football programs, but they're part of big football conferences. Those schools are still making money. Yeah. I.e. Vanderbilt University, right? They're not a Vanderbilt. powerhouse in football, Vanderbilt. Van, right? <laughs> but guess what conference they're in? The SEC. So every time Alabama gets X millions of dollars, Vanderbilt gets it as well. <laughs> and all they got to do is just play the damn games. <laughs> that is funny. It is funny, right? It's almost, you know, it's like revenue sharing a little bit in like the NFL. All right. So um, also want to let you guys know that uh, tennis is going on at the U.S. Open and we are watching it while we're doing this episode. So <laughs> we may be distracted. All right. So this episode really is going to talk about three major shifts in college sports, but in particularly in college football. Players ability to make money, realignment and TV deals. So I do want to dive in because we have a lot of to just chat about when it comes to like the NIL, which is what is the NIL? Oh, yeah. NIL is name image likeness, right? I think that passed in like 2021, a little over a year ago. Name image likeness. So wait, what is that exactly? That's where the players can make the money. Okay. Right? Off of who they are, right? And as in, in, in the past, they couldn't do that. And but the new law came out and afforded players the ability to, you know, make money. And I applaud college football NCAA whoever was the governing body there you know allow for that to happen I believe it was a, a court case actually it was, it was I think it was I mean I, I do love the idea and the fact that kids can actually get paid for their talent now I mean back then I mean they were I mean kids were not they're struggling to even find food if the school wasn't offering them food but they're playing for their school you know Playing for the school. Yep. <laughs> school is making bank. And all you have to do is sit there and play the damn sport for a scholarship. And that's it. Oh, because you get paid for a scholarship. Like, dude, proportionally, it doesn't, it's not adding up, right? I'm getting a, a scholarship that may cost, you know, 6000 If yeah. that, depending on the school you go to. They're probably making for the throughout the four years, three years, even two years. Probably making over half a mil. Half a mil. Well, for that player, probably. That player, right, yeah. right. Because if you look at, like, exactly. You break it down. You break it down per player, right. Hell, it's probably more than that if you break it down per player. Schools are bringing in, you know, $14, 20000000 million per year. Mm -hmm. 
and that's just on football right in some cases right it could be even more um and we'll dive a little bit more into the money pieces of it but uh i am with you i'm happy that players are now allowed to make money i'm also happy that you know we can we can trust in our legal system in some part to you know to fight for our freedoms which is weird right you have to fight for your freedom doesn't make sense i didn't have to fight for a freedom that i'm air quotes supposed to already have but nonetheless you know players successfully you know um went forward with their legal case and and now able to make money um for me i do find it a bit tricky because we, we tend to think about the larger universities the larger schools the big football programs what about the smaller programs that are not in the big conferences and that can't pull in the amount of money tv deal money um or the players can't i should say that is, it, it, it does get tricky i mean usually the smaller schools in the smaller conferences they're probably known more for the academics and not for the school so it's like it's sort of hard to uh find that little balance from where that money comes comes from or where it goes to yeah and i was just watching a commercial that talked about um like i i guess i was watching football actually earlier and one of the schools had their little advertisement about their school right and i started thinking you know how many colleges we have in this country who all claim to do something versus another and it's like do, do we have do we have too many yeah way too many it's like why do we need all these schools but if you get one rid of one it's like oh it's tradition like we don't need all these colleges <laughs> we don't not everyone need to go first of all to college nope i agree you know you're forced to go what if you're not even academically you don't have the ability to like learn in that environment it might be more skillful with your hands yeah and now you're forced because hey this is the only way i can get out of it which is a whole nother topic about student loans i won't get into that right now <laughs> In fact, I'm going to do a student loan episode, to be honest, because um, I want to talk about it a lot. So stay tuned for that. But when when I'm thinking about the players and the ability to make money, uh, I also thought about <laughs> what if like a player, I know actually I saw this, a player who, now he wasn't sponsored by OnlyFans, obviously, but I think he was on OnlyFans. I saw this somewhere um i'm curious to know who this is but I, you can't i think he couldn't like put it out there because if you say you're on only fans and if you're getting money right then you're basically putting your your ass on the line right because how would the school or then the boosters or the alumni or whatever whomever will feel about you as a student athlete making money for only fans but then a regular student in the school probably on OnlyFans making money so why the student athlete can't do it as well right and it's just it gets very weird it, it, it does get weird when especially when you're held to a higher standard just because you play a sport right you know you can't live your life because right you're basically you, I guess you sign a contract I don't know how that goes but that's a good point um you can't do certain things because you're i don't know you you're sort of like an ambassador to that that school well that could be true you you're right you you somewhat could be you know in that regard considered to be an ambassador for that school hey we have a listener here that's by the still, way that's still not fun though we have a listener here thank you leroy for joining the live stream oh this is live I... hey 
<laughs> I push buttons sometimes. You know, I forget what I do. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, I'm happy we pushed it. Thank you. <laughs> um, so as we like continue, I mean, I guess it's just down the road. I do want to just say I am all for sex workers. You know, there's there. It's a profession, in my opinion, just like any other profession. So I do want to put that disclaimer out there. You know, I'm all for it. People making money, however, legally they can. Right. Um, something also with this player likeness or name, individual likeness, image likeness, um, UCF. Yeah, University of Central Florida did this this pretty neat thing. I think it was last year, last season, where they swapped players' jerseys for QR codes. So I think it didn't. They didn't have numbers on the back. They had a QR code. I was like, well, how the hell are you supposed to scan the QR code while they're running around on the field? But nonetheless, I guess if they're standing still, you can scan the QR code on their um, jersey, and then you can go to the site to like, I guess donate money to the player or learn more about the player kind of find it interesting that is yeah i think that's pretty crazy <laughs> what they should have done was do this i mean the the whole students getting paid student athletes getting paid they should have passed this a while ago i mean especially during the time when ucf was killing it during true football i mean they were just yes they're a powerhouse but they never made it to the championship because right i don't know it was just the whole structure it was yeah. probably back in bcs time frame we yeah. had so many adult college football has been through a lot of different governance yeah. of how champions are awarded and it's weird um even, but it's better than it used to be and we'll talk more about like playoffs in a minute but it's definitely weird on how it went through different facets of of like awarding the champion because it could be almost regionalized. Remember back in the day, you have someone on the West Coast was a champion, and someone on the East Coast like what? Yeah, they both co-champions because you're both eleven and zero, and there was never a way for you to like let those two teams play each other. Yeah, like duh. Um, so I started thinking a little bit more about like players and their ability. And what else happens? They're not gonna transfer. Remember when they they had to like sit out a year, or depending on what conference oh, the whole or shirt. level, yeah, red shirt, red right? And now you could just transfer the same, well, not the same year, because obviously you can't do that, but you could transfer the next season to play for another team, even in your own conference or division. And we see that now players have transferred from like, I heard one guy from one school earlier. Oh no, yes, it was West Virginia. I think it was West Virginia on Thursday. He transferred from, was it, I think he went to West Virginia went to Syracuse and then went to a junior college and then went back to West Virginia. Like he didn't have to sit out any, any during throughout the entire time. He didn't have out. to sit out. Oh, wow. Like you, now you can just transfer. And I, I, I guess it makes sense. Why penalize a person who wants to transfer? Cause big coaches could just like leave and take another job the next year. They have to sit out or anything like that. So, I mean, I get it. You able to now it's more player friendly. It is. I mean, why, why would a student athlete get penalized just for transferring schools, you know. Right. I mean, it's just. Well, it's not about academics anymore. Let's be let's be real here. Yeah. These players are playing <laughs> to play football. DN. <laughs> like, I don't. I mean, I don't know what they study because I mean, you can't I mean, even transfer those credits all those different places. Yeah. I do give them. I give. I do give those kids uh, props though when they do finish their degree after they join 
go pro. That's know? true. I do. I do give people that. Even Shaquille O'Neal, shout out to right. LSU. The guy, you know, finishes school. I even think he finishes PhD from who's that school in Arizona, University of Phoenix. Is that the school? The oh, online I school? Think, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. I believe he, yeah, received his degree from there. Welcome, Phil the Great, to the to the chat. You guys can also, in the chat, put in any comments if you like. All right. So we talked about, like, the player's ability to make money, player's, you know, ability to transfer. I do want to jump into this topic before we talk about conference realignment, because obviously that's, like, the big topic in college sports, mostly college football booster involvement you know as i look at this now granted i think we are still transitioning through changes so through those changes i honestly think unbalance will be created and it's going to be like that for a while until we get to normalize whatever this new football thing is going to be um which is weird because football dictates it seems the other sports right so when schools are moving around, and again, we're going to get into conference realignment, but it feel like the football, like, it governs all the other sports. It's kind of weird that that's the case, but it is, or it feels like it is. In a way, yeah, I feel, I think you're right. I mean, I feel, no, I, I feel like it's either football or basketball, depending on what school you're referring to. That's true. You know, I mean, some schools are not even known for football, but they're known for their basketball and they pretty much guide where the money goes through basketball but then you have like yeah lsu known for their football and it's i think it varies it does varies and i remember speaking of lsu and i'm this is just the one because we literally just watched the video on this booster involvement you know it, i just really think some schools just have a lot more involvement than others obviously the bigger programs usually around football but all programs have some level of booster involvement and i do remember specifically when lsu received this 28 million dollar upgrade to the student locker room that was the video that we just saw right the video we just oh, saw wow that was crazy crazy impressive 28 million dollars and i do remember students on lsu campus complaining about this but boosters pay for it the school didn't pay for it. The football budget didn't pay for it. The athletic budget didn't pay for it. Boosters pay for it. So when you have boosters who could pay $28 million <laughs> to upgrade one of the best, they call it Tiger Den, which is the the, the um, locker room. It's like a locker room, but it's yeah. like, it's it's everything. It's, it's like, uh, yeah. Sleeping pods. It's, it's, you can recover there. It's, it's insane. It's every, every student has their lazy boys. I mean, you can basically it, sleep, eat. You right. can live there. You can live there. And I think that was the whole point. But how many other schools can do that and have the level of involvement from the boosters? So I do think unfair advantages will be created, just like the um, NIL, which is the name, image, and likeness for the players. It will create unfair balance, I think, for a while. Yeah. Um. And, and I don't really think there's anything we can do about it, to be honest. I'm just thinking off the top of my head what schools are capable of doing that. I mean probably got alabama Georgia, of course of course yes clemson auburn florida auburn auburn ohio state of course obviously go up there to the michigan yeah. ohio states uh wisconsin I'm, I'm sure 
has that level of involvement yeah. as well. Pretty big football program up there. Those are yeah, Penn that, State. I'm certain. Yeah, have it. Um, I don't know the level of involvement for the schools on the West Coast. Those schools are pretty big schools, but I, mean, I don't U, know. UCLA, USC, those are the two that. I mean, Oregon. Oregon, Oregon I mean, yeah. Oregon probably have <laughs> insane. Um, we have Texas, clearly, any school in Texas. <laughs> I can't think of like the small schools of. Right, we think country. outside of that, right? Yeah. Like you leave outside of the big conferences, and you think of a uh, coastal Carolina. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> or was it uh what's I'm trying to think of Western Michigan? Right, or any Western anything. <laughs> Western Missouri. I don't I'm making this up. I don't even know this is a school name. No, I think they played Michigan State uh Thursday night or Friday night. Oh remember, but it's just like those schools, yeah, right? Yeah. But even think about a school that is somewhat big, Colorado State. You know, I'm sure they have level of involvement, but to what degree? I'm sure their boosters are not boosting what University of Georgia no. is doing. Colorado you know? State, they probably have stuff in their chemistry lab. I mean, they're <laughs> probably more focused on their <laughs> academics. Are they, though? I don't know if schools are focused on <laughs> academics anymore. I'm convinced it's not about it. I'm joking. I don't know. Um, So I, I do want to say I applaud this new shift and the ability for, for players to make money for boosters to get involved even though it's a little bit unfair and for players to be able to move around you know i have a skill set that doesn't fit this new coaching staff that just came to the program not when i signed up but now it's a new coaching program maybe i want to go where the, the old coach is going right yep. and i decide i'm shipping up and moving on out so i think it's all you know it's it's healthy it's just how we're going to get to that that point of of uh, normalizing it all right big topic big 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 topic conference realignment we got to do it i remember and i'm gonna start off with the university of maryland <laughs> oh that's my score right there and know why i'm gonna start off the university <laughs> of maryland because it was the first one not i mean these alignments happened yeah. a while ago i think texas a&m and missouri going into the sec years ago yeah was pretty big at the time but it wasn't like this University of Maryland, almost everything to the rivalries, to the close proximity of the other schools in their conference. Hell, it's called the Atlantic Coast Conference. Maryland is Atlantic Coast State. And you move out of that and you go to the Big Ten to play Iowa. What? <laughs> what is this? We always like, what the hell? But we wasn't recognizing, I give Maryland Board of Trustees or whoever the hell made this decision some foresight because they saw the money yep. in the Big Ten. And Maryland said, oh, we're going for the money. Even if we suck at that certain sports, I mean, we're still going for that money. Correct. <laughs> and they did for a while. Because it was kicking butt in basketball and a bunch of other sports in the ACC. And then you move over to the Big Ten and you become almost the you're, bottom feeder. Yeah. That's a different ball game. I mean, I just found it to be insane that they did that. But nonetheless, you know, I think it's working out. Well, hell, it's working out financially for the University of Maryland. But we, no one, I just couldn't figure it out. And I, again, back to normalizing. If you watch the game on Thursday between University of 
Pittsburgh and West Virginia, the backyard brawl. Pittsburgh, that game. No, it was Pittsburgh and uh, West Virginia. Sorry. What was West Virginia and oh, Pittsburgh? Okay. I mean, the backyard brawl. Those schools are very close to yeah, each other, yeah. and they used to play every year. But you know, conference realignment. You know, even Pitt leaving the Big East. I think it was the Big East. I'm a bit wrong here. And joining the ACC. Yeah, you're right. Along uh, with Syracuse. Yeah. All, all the schools moving around. Um, and it's like, wow. But hey, again, back to Vanderbilt. You know, you're making money, Rutgers. Rutgers, Rutgers. joining the Big Ten. <laughs> what? <laughs> they, but Rutgers is like, hey, I'm making all this money. We don't care. I mean, the student athletes may care, but not the program. They're like, we're bringing these millions, millions, like, millions, and millions of dollars, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Think about the student athletes at Rutgers. You're probably like, we can't compete with these guys. We cannot. <laughs> we cannot. Why are we in this conference? This doesn't make any, any sense. Um, and so, I, you know, we go out on the road, right? When when um, we recently, I think it was last year, we heard the new movement, which is now Texas and Oklahoma, leaving the Big 12 conference, which is in a conference, in my opinion, in turmoil completely because they're constantly being poached and their teams are leaving. Yeah. I mean, where, where are they going to? Where are they trying to go? SEC. Oh. So remember a while ago when, I don't know if you recall this, but a while, a while, a very long time ago, when I think, it, yes, it was University of Texas started that, they had a TV deal of $200 million just for that university alone. They signed up the Longhorn Network. No, I can't remember that. This is before, like, it was big conference TV deals. Well, I'm sorry. They always had big conference TV deal, deals, but this was a, t- a point in time where one school outside of Notre Dame could negotiate their own contract, and they did. They had the Longhorn Network worth $200 million for however long that contract was worth, I mean, the, the timeline. And I believe Texas A&M was very upset. That's when Texas A&M and Missouri left the Big 12 Conference. And you know, when you did that, it kind of left Texas with just Oklahoma to play. And it's kind of like, <laughs> where's the money going? Where's the money? Yeah. Right. Where's the money being generated from? Right. And now I guess Texas and then was smart because now Texas and Oklahoma is following them to the <laughs> SEC. So you that the Longhorn Network you may have, but it won't be the type of deal it was before. Yeah. It's, Wait, so what, what is Big Trump going to have then? I mean, you got TCU. That's all I can say. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> you have Oklahoma State, Iowa State, West Virginia, I think. Baylor. Okay, you still have some big name schools in there. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's it. I'm missing someone. No, I, I can't keep track. Yeah, I usually know schools all these are moving things. everywhere. I can't. I can't. Kansas, Kansas, and Kansas State. Yeah. yeah. Those are the the ones I believe I believe I heard something about Houston maybe considering going over there and I could see that you know joining the rest of the folks in that that area Houston is a big market not necessarily a big known football program but a big market um and so all the realignments is happening but I also was thinking about like history and I know Florida State used to be in the SEC conference a long time ago along with Tulane University I remember you brought this up to me a long time ago. And it was, it was a while. I missed maybe in the 60s when this when these schools were part of it. Um, and it's now 
interesting how like full circle you would think if they would have just stayed put <laughs> but would they have that level of success but look at Tulane I mean they used to the stadium because I'm from New Orleans but the stadium where the Saints used to play when they first um, was awarded when New Orleans was first awarded the Saints in the 60s they played in Tulane Stadium and that stadium was an 80,000 seat stadium um, where Tulane was part of the SEC it's wow. in crazy, right? Yeah, that's, that's impressive. Uh, how things change to now that school cares almost nothing about football. Even though they have a brand new football stadium on their campus now, kind of small, but it's their own stadium now. They used to play the games in the Superdome. And it just went from 60s to 80,000 seat stadium, fans there, leaving the SEC, and you barely get 30,000 fans to show up for the games now. That's depressing. It can be, but I don't think they care. Um, so I, I talk about the college realignment. I know a little bit about the history because I do love college football. But back to the point I was making earlier, it seems like football is dictating all of this. Yeah. I mean, we have Maryland. Then we had UCLA and USC. Oh, yeah. We can talk about those too. Yeah. They're going to the from the Pac-12. Yeah. To the Big Ten, and that's that's a good point. So these super conferences are being formed, but and this is the hard part for me. It took me a while to kind of get over it a little bit, but I understand. Just like like any other sport, it's not about regionalized. We just got accustomed to our sports being regional. I'm thinking, wait, two schools in LA is about to go play two schools in Michigan all the time. <laughs> like what? Like is that? I didn't even realize the Big Ten made that much money. That's it's crazy that UCLA and USC, like I thought their conference made the Pac-12, right? Yeah. When I it can't, they made some decent money, but you would think that, yeah, but uh, apparently not, right? When you are leaving all of you leaving California, yeah, and Stanford behind. I mean, they're not big football powerhouses. Maybe they, maybe they should kick out Rutgers out or something. <laughs> move Rutgers out. To be honest, they should kick Rutgers in Maryland out. <gasps> <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I think there's always space in the ACC. Right. Maryland. And Rutgers. <laughs> I think I, Maryland and Rutgers should actually leave the Big Ten and go back to the ACC conference. Now, Maryland won't make that money to make it. No. But they should leave to go to the ACC conference and then bring Oregon and Oregon State along to play in the Big Ten. That would be insane in the Big Ten. Yeah. What are you gonna? What is Oklahoma State going to do without Oklahoma every year? Or maybe they still will play every year, just know. different they'll conferences. Probably, yeah, they'll probably play every year. I mean, like some of those things, I do as a you know, I'm not a necessarily a traditionalist, but I would like to see some of these things continue. Um, you know, with those schools now joining the the, the SEC, I've grown accustomed to. Because for those who don't know, I do make it. I try to make at least an LSU game a year if I can. If I can't, that's no problem. But traditionally in the SEC, you have the the East and West division. And there's always one permanent rival on the other conference that they have to play. And I like how the SEC used to always do that. It's your permanent rival. You always play that school all the time. I go on accustomed to LSU playing Florida every year. But if you're about to join texas and oklahoma in the conference that's too many damn hard teams like and now you're about to throw that's just the sec now think about this i'm penn state i think i'm doing pretty good 
I do got a battle Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin. I'm, I'm naming those to be like the bigger ones there. Well, hell, Iowa don't don't sleep on them when it comes to football. And I and I got to go across the country to go to LA and play in, in California after being in the snow. And and I got to play at UCLA <laughs> at whatever crack of dawn, whatever time the game come on, and or at night. And I'm just like exhausted. I, I, my brain is just all over the place. Like the competition level is going to be much greater uh, with these realignments. I had to look up the, um, the whole Big Ten, how much they made, how they make, how much they make in a year. Mm-hmm. Just off TV deals, it's at least $1 billion a year. $1 billion. <laughs> Insane. Do they tell you how many, how much each school make? No, it doesn't. Actually, wait, wait. So uh, I know they do that revenue sharing type. Still true. 40, at least... Let me see. No. I'm reading it too quick. Can't tell. Right. But yeah. I mean, this doesn't include like the other stuff, like sponsorships. Right. Exactly. You know, selling jerseys and things like that. Yeah. $1 billion. Shit. That's, look, man, it's insane. So you got me looking up this stuff as well. And as I'm looking it up here on a list in the SEC, who's number one? What? Oh, is this is across the country? Oh, this is across the country. This is nationally ranked. I found an article that says where the SEC athletic programs rank nationally in terms of total revenue. Revenue, not revenue now. Um, Texas, number one. Ready for this? Texas A&M, total revenue. 211 million dollars total revenue this was when was it taken this article was recently by the way insane and oh the big 10 does make the most money there you go wow. that's why schools are clamoring to get over there insane yeah. so as i think about as we talk about the super conferences right and they're jockeying for position we also could talk about this whole playoffs as it relates to the money deal. And so just, was it yesterday or the other day? Um, we realized that it's a lot of people who are um, schools who are making even more money. And now more teams can get involved because the college playoffs is about to expand. From four teams to 12. 12 teams. Just found that out to yesterday night. Yep. Mm, wow. Which I think is pretty neat, right? You, you could get more schools involved. I mean, four is not, to be honest, it's not it's A not lot fair. of teams deserve to, like, have a chance to, like, make it to the playoffs, you know, and compete to probably play in the championship. Because even if you don't have the hardest schedule, I mean, you still... Right, you still yeah, you still twelve down. and zero or thirteen yeah. and zero, right? You still went through your schedule, yeah, and and won those those games, right? So I think it's it's pretty neat, and I, I like how they kind of sort of going to give the top four teams a bye week, and allow the other teams to play each other. And I think in the first round, those teams will be able to play each other on their home campus. I like that. I'm tired of these schools going to these cities the and tri- forcing people to like travel and all this stuff. Come the neutral zones or yeah, the, the neutral, neutral stadium, air yeah. quote neutral stadiums, like the game. Um, I think when LSU plays tomorrow against Florida State, they're playing in New Orleans. So I get it; it's an hour from LSU's campus. I think it's like five hours from Florida State's campus. But 
it's an air quote neutral stadium, but we pretty certain LSU is going to be most fans in the stadium. But just put it on the campus. Yeah. Right? I just have it on the campus, make it normal. I do like that about the, the college playoffs. Now, they talked about 2026 is when it's gonna, this possibly may happen or take effect. Um, that could, it, there's a push to try to get it to take effect in 2024. So that's in two years. So I'm, I am very excited about that possibility to get more teams involved. I do want to see some of those air quote smaller programs be able to compete. Um, but I think it's going to be really difficult for some of those schools. Like I remember when Cincinnati made the playoffs last year, uh, University of Cincinnati, and they got into who did they play Alabama? I can't remember. Played someone and got waxed. Um, and maybe I, mean, I don't know. Maybe at some point you can have a fluke moment where some school has this this style of play and they just really shock somebody i kind of want to see a shocker i think with the whole playoff update 12 teams i think the smaller schools i think they're gonna probably i mean it's gonna take some time but these smaller schools few of them are gonna make a name for themselves and eventually they'll probably make it to the playoffs yeah i mean now that the playoffs has expanded i want them to make it beyond i want them to like make some noise yeah i mean instead of always having alabama in that you know <laughs> so that's what i'm talking about when i mentioned earlier you know it's going to be a little bit unfair um I, they get the best athletes players yeah. now could transfer so now the best players on other teams can leave those teams and all go to alabama which they do and you just, just keep winning everything every year well to my school step it up next year because this year they may not win um <laughs> but I'm, I'm like we need yes more competition out there watching college football turn into a one team race somewhat it, it's it's not exciting it it's it's better i think when teams can compete like when clemson was competing up there yeah uh, now georgia's up there a little bit better and you know it's it's i like it when it's you know a team you can still be a dominant team but you're not winning every year yeah just the, the level of t- competition has to in my opinion normalize at some point sooner than later um i just think that's going to bring us to a better quality product on a on a football field but as i was saying earlier it seems all of this is still predicated on the football program you know schools are moving around basketball powers for example or leaving conferences i remember the big east conference basketball programs that's the school louisville and pitt in Syracuse, those three schools were part of the Villanova big. Too? No, they're still in. They're they're the new conference. This this new title. Okay. Um, but those schools were all in the Big East conference, mega basketball, you know, conference, right? Kicking butt. And all of them left the Big East for football reasons. So, all of that tradition that was garnered over those years. It's all gone for the basketball side uh-huh. to make money on the football side. And then the football programs is like, eh, what? It's still trash. Right. <laughs> like, what? I mean, Pitt just finally won the ACC for the first time last year. And he's like, what? Like, I don't know. It's just, even Louisville football program was great. Now it's, I don't know what it is. And think about like the basketball program is just almost gone from what it used to be yeah. it's just it's a lot of things change right 
and I think you you chase the money, and this is the the, uh, the byproduct of that sometimes. It's definitely going to be you're going to have other sports neglected when uh, they're going to feel neglected. While I don't know, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> wow! <laughs> so here you go, guys. I think the mask is getting to them. So let me let me wrap this up a little bit. <laughs> so I do want to say this as it relates to. As you guys know, I, as I said here, I do support LSU football, but I am a Grambling State University graduate, HBCU graduate. And though I have also seen realignment in the HBCU ranks recently, um, two of the Florida schools, Florida A&M and Bethune-Cookman, left their conference to join the SWAT conference, the conference which my school is in, which made it a much, I think it's the best football conference in all of HBCU. In my opinion, didn't some school got in trouble with eligibilities? It was a Florida. Oh, Florida and them. Yeah, the um, the it was the from my understanding, from what I read about this, it was the record keeping from the university. Was it money wise? No, it was it was uh the grades, academics, uh, but it wasn't okay. because they were not properly air quote what the players have said because the players are taking knee. Um, I believe at the end of every, or beginning in the beginning of, of the football, I think it's the end of the football game to protest their own university. Okay. Oh, it's because they're they're complaining about um, unfair treatment. Well, because no, the, the the NCAA is 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 investigating the school, but the students was like, we've taken these classes, we're doing well in these classes. It's just not. The records for the university is just i don't know bad it's just i don't know the full details but the players are pretty much saying that the university has to do a better job protecting them okay because they they're not doing anything wrong is what they're saying but as i think about this i think about these schools and they're predominantly over there called pwis um predominant white institutions and these schools are making the money right we just named some of these dollar amounts um, that some of these athletic programs are bringing in. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if football is such a big deal in this country, it, it, in this scenario, what we're talking about today, I do want to see the HBCU schools start to join some of these other conferences. Now, granted, they won't. This is why I think it's going to get a little, but schools will be left out. And it has to be a point where if everyone else is pushing for TV deals and trying to get the money, then the HBCUs need to do the same thing, in my opinion. If that means realigning these conferences, the bigger schools joining up with other schools to join in on the money and losing traditional um, rivals, I am all for that. Don't at me on Twitter. Don't at me on anything. I'm just saying <laughs> if money is pushing for a lot of people, then I think some of these HBCUs should do the same thing. Uh, I mean, eventually, I feel like a bunch of schools or these conferences, they're all going to eventually get their TV deals and the amount of revenue is probably going to end up decreasing eventually. I mean, just because everyone's doing the same thing unless they start cutting channels out. So, you know, make the channels very limited. So very only specific schools have their tele, tele, televised agreement you know and that's the only way you can maintain that uh high revenue yeah i think it's also insane that you know with money individuals look for more of that they want more money right 
you know, I hear about these schools or universities who have billion dollar endowments, pretty much money just sitting around. And, you know, you still charge intuition. Like it's <laughs> why? Yeah. And I know this is a different topic, but, you know, I just, it seems, well, not seems, it's very clear. Money is the driver in all of this. And I think after a hundred plus years of HBCU's existence, I think it's time that they start to look for the money as well. I to, agree. To join the same level, you know, why are some of the top athletes in our now recently one of the top players in all of America decided to go to the HBCU to Jackson State University to go be coached by, by, Deion, Sanders. by Deion Sanders. And I like that, but we need more of that, I think, at the HBCU rank, but also at the HBCU rank, those facilities and locker rooms need to, you know, obviously the money is not there, but if you in the TV deals, you can have the revenue to upgrade yeah. those facilities. It's just, it's just an all around overhaul, in my opinion, to take HBCUs to the next level, join up or create your own power conference, get a TV deal with whatever network you can get one with that's going to help pay like the rest of the schools. Get. Be like a big 10, be like an ACC, SEC, Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so anyways, I think that I am excited for the ability for players again to make money. I am intrigued, I think, by realignment and how it's going to turn out. Um, the TV deals is just, in, you know, it's it's crazy, right? And people are chasing the money. But I do think in this time, in this era, if you will, we are at a point where... It's going to be a lot of shakeup, and I think it's going to be a lot of volatility in the interim until we normalize it. Yeah. I mean, what was the, the player likeness? I forgot to mention. Um, I remember hearing, or was it, I remember watching something a couple of years back. Uh, North Carolina, was it UNC, the Tar Heels? Mm-hmm. The football team, this is before the whole student athletes getting money. Because that was only that was passed last year, right? Yeah, last year. So I think it was probably two, three years before that. Football student was a football student athletes were selling their Jordan shoes that they got from the school to make money. I guess apparently the, those students were they they're struggling. Yeah, not everyone comes for money. Yeah, and and now to see that it's it's a little it's better, but it's not better for those individuals. I mean, they already yeah. went through whatever. I mean, it, it sucks because. Look at uh, was it Reggie Bush? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it was a, the, the Heisman Trophy. Was he's it? Never getting that. He's not getting the Heisman Trophy, even though he accepted that money from that sports agent, right? Or Cam Newton. There was that incident with Cam Newton. Yep, from Auburn University. Yep, it, you're right. It's it's all the people in the past who that sucks. Yeah, was penalized for things that are now they can do. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm not laughing that you know, that happened to those individuals. I'm laughing at the irony of how the system just failed them. It failed them. And, and, and people vilified them as being criminals, by the way, and they weren't. And now, you know, these people have to rebuild their image in some cases yeah. um, to the general public. You know, I, I do not like that, but nonetheless, you know, it's now fixed air quote. <laughs> and yeah, it's probably going to only get better too. Yeah, I think it will. Hopefully. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, great episode today. I 
you know, I did enjoy talking about this topic. As you guys can see, you know, college football is 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 near to dear to me. I do like other college sports, by the way, you know. Um, but uh, just in general, I do like college football, and I and I am aware that money is the driving force, and usually college football is the bigger driver in the seat of that force because it's traditionally the biggest money generator for most universities. But thanks, guys, for joining also on a live stream here. Also, until next week, um, happy Labor Day. Remember, positive energy leads to positive vibes. Don't forget to subscribe if this is your first time joining. No Pants Required can be found on Google Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Peace. Later, Gators.